0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Hey, welcome to our latest edition of Bustin' Balls. I'm Pat Caputo, along with the webmaster, uh, Evan Jenkins. NFL Draft is going to be here before you know it. It's closing in on a couple weeks, and there's all kinds of debate. And uh, I've got to tell you, Evan, uh, a lot of the debates about Jalen Carter, uh, the defensive tech. We we just can't stop talking about Jalen Carter in this town. Uh, It's Jalen Carter 24-7. And uh, the only time I was interrupted, uh, it was Lamar Jackson for a couple days. But, uh, you know, and uh, I am somebody who has said, and I'll say it over and over again, if I were the Lions, I wouldn't go near Jalen Carter. And uh, and the reason why is I've got a long list here, right? You do the old balance sheet. Uh, Jalen Carter is obviously a first-round talent. Obviously, he's a top-ten pick, maybe top 5 I'll even go along with some who suggest he's number one, just for the sake of this conversation. But what about the list of the downside? The red flags. And they're way more than somebody who just calls up on the radio, and I appreciate you all calling up. Or somebody who's a talk show host, I appreciate all my colleagues. And I don't even know how Evan feels about this. We haven't had that discussion. The only thing I know about Evan, he doesn't like Greg Campy very much. So he's a
1: fine person.
0: Just <laughs> 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 I heard you the other day, man, or like a week ago or so, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> take it in the NCAA tournament. Um, <laughs> totally regress there, but uh, <laughs> you know, just on this subject uh, of Jalen Carter, I want people to think about this first. You know, on the accident. Uh, he was drag racing with somebody, right? It, it, c- support person was in that car, a teammate of his, Wilcox, a defensive lineman, died. A couple other teammates uh, survived the crash. But he was in the other car drag racing. Uh, he's gone through the court date, but he's already on probation. So one little slip up, you know what probation means? It means, hey, you know what? You're not a, You're not on probation anymore. And that's the way it works. It's not like, hey, you know what? He's on probation forever. It could be a minor violation relatively. Another, you know, big speeding ticket, something like that, it's going to land him in some trouble. I'm no lawyer, but I know enough about this to understand that. Secondly, uh, he obviously, and this You know, it's just driven me. You know, I don't know if loopy is just hyperbole or whatever, but uh, listening to Todd McShay and uh, Mel Kuyper with their discussion about Carter, right? And uh, how he'd fit the Lions and all this stuff on a podcast with McShay, Mel Kuyper, what he evaluated. I'm thinking to myself, look, I respect these guys. They do a great job. I, I just fundamentally disagree with this premise. I saw it. Will Birdfield wrote a wonderful story about this in which he just presents the facts on it. Just read that. First of all, Mel Kuiper's like, well, you know, this is a guy that, uh, look, he, he doesn't show up for practice, things like that. But you know what? Once he gets in the game, he's a gamer. He played through an ankle injury and all this, and he could have opted out. You know, so, okay, we should give him a Boy Scout award for that. Then the other one was Todd McShay saying, well, you know what? He played his best football down the stretch. It just wasn't true. You know, look, everybody watched the college football playoff semifinal. I would think the Ohio State-Georgia game was maybe the best game in the history of that, although there have been some other good games with Clemson and Alabama. That's not the point. But C.J. Stroud dominated that game. And he hadn't dominated any games with his feet, but he actually did with his feet and his arm in there. Probably uh, may have landed him the first overall pick in the NFL draft. He was that good. Jalen Carter played 52 snaps in that game. How many tackles did he have? Evan? Three, maybe. Is that high? Okay. (laughs) One. All right. I mean, uh, he was lost in that game. I went and looked at the game and, uh, you know, just to kind of verify what that was and looked at his pro football focus score. It was the lowest of the season, I believe, in the biggest game. And he had a low score actually in the next game against TCU, but it really didn't matter because they were so dominant in that particular game. I don't see where he's this generational talent that you just have to have. And his position isn't one of those positions. You just have to have. I I
1: agree with that. Now, Pat, the one thing I want to ask, and you would know this better than most, um, is like if he has character issues, right? I have seen um, stories written along the lines of how the Lions coaching staff could be something or someone that would help Carter. Do you necessarily agree with that? Or do you think that one bad seed can ruin a really good thing? And I, I don't even know if he is a bad seed within the locker room, I'm just saying with all the attention on him for not football-related reasons, if that could be a bad thing.
0: Well, Evan, on uh, you know, radio, I would say to you, hogwash. But since I'm on a podcast, I believe I can say horse shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's horse shit. Okay? Now, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, they got to worry about 53 guys. They got to worry about the other team. They've got to worry about getting everybody prepared. They've got to worry about all their other draft picks. They don't need to babysit one guy. All right. right? One guy to babysit. No. All right. So, yeah, you know, they're and they're just they're building their culture. You know, you know, I hate that term, but they you know, finally the Lions are getting it right. The last thing they need is somebody to come in and tear it down. And it's even if he plays well early in the year. And everybody would be genuflecting and all this stuff if he were on the team, you never know when it's going to slide off. And I'll give you another factor here too, because I was just beginning my factor on it. All right, you know what the guaranteed contract of the sixth overall pick in the draft is going to be? In total? Total.
1: Probably like thirty million bucks.
0: Is twenty-eight. Right? Great guess. It'll be between twenty-eight, probably a little more than that. It was twenty-seven, six or something last year. Okay. Now. You got somebody who had motivation problems, obviously, right? Obviously didn't learn a lesson from being stopped by a cop, going 90 in a 45-mile-an-hour zone, and getting off on the ticket, probably, I'm I'm guessing, because he's a uh, Georgia football player. And you're going to hand him $28 million. Guaranteed. He doesn't have to play for it. Guaranteed. What's his motivation? Oh, he's just a good teammate. And he's, you know, he's going to respond to one of Dan Campbell's uh, uh, speeches about getting the powder out of the Coke. Coke. <laughs> you know Dan what Lee. I'm saying? You know, I mean, seriously, think about that. That's never brought up in some of these ridiculous conversations about it. So, one, I don't think he's the generational talent who's going to, you know, save the world in uh, the Lions. Two, I don't believe that it's worth the risk when you consider the reward. The risk is huge. There's a long list of things. The reward it could be outstanding, but it's 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 like you know you got that little itch and uh you're you're looking at a bet and, and somehow you think uh, you know the 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 the, the tigers are going to uh, beat uh, the Yankees with uh you know uh I don't know, one of their worst pitchers on the mound, you say, I'm going to take those odds and do it or something. I don't know. You get that itch and you do it. Fine. Yeah. But if you're the Lions and you're finally getting somewhere, business-wise, it makes no sense. And I, what I, I understand how this works, I do. Because when I say that, people think you – I've heard this. People say, you're anti-Jalen Carter. No, I'm not anti-Jalen Carter. You hate Jalen Carter. No, I don't hate Jalen Carter. It wouldn't bother me in the least if the Lions took him and he became a great player. And I would say my observation was wrong. You know, and uh, it was a risk reward odds. And that's how you do things in sports. That's what analytics are about. Wouldn't have a problem with it. Hope the best for him. Nobody's rooting for him to do poorly. I never do that. But uh, as far as a business decision, it makes no sense for them to do that. None. And all the rhetoric people want to fit it in. We, we have an issue in our town. It's, you know, the latest position that was a a bust in our draft and in the minds of the people, we'll never take that position. That's why when I bring up Christian Gonzalez, people just get so mad at me. It's not Mm -hmm. that he's a corner. It's that he's an exceptional upside. He's only 20 years old. He's off the charts testing. He played extraordinarily well. And uh, there's no issues with him other than, hey, man, this guy really works hard. Uh, the other part of it is Will Anderson, if he's there, no issues. Will Anderson, to me, is one on my board. If he's there, I don't care what position it is, outside of quarterbacks. Two is Gonzalez. Uh, three, I would say, uh, uh from Northwestern. And I would say four, actually, is Bijan Robinson, because I think that's a wild card. I, I've hated what the Lions have done in the past and said it about with the trading up for running backs and everything. But I think Bijan Robinson could be a genuine difference maker. But you got to consider the running back position in there. And there are other three technique tackles available in this draft. So that's how I look at it. All the talk about Jalen Wilson or Jalen uh, Carter and Tyree Wilson, you know, to me has been way, way overblown for what they do for the Lions. Wilson has nothing to do with deportment or conduct. Carter has everything to do with deportment and conduct. You know, and uh, I don't think either one of those situations, the Lions would get scorched with it. You know, people bringing up Randy Moss. By the way, that was the 20th pick in the draft, not sixth. Right. Uh, So uh, that's how I look at it. And tell me, Evan, do I make good points or am I full of crap?
1: Well, I I think you, you make good points. I think that you have a way that you would like to see the lions go with their draft and there's absolutely no problem with it. I mean, even when you listed your top four, you didn't necessarily list a three technique or a defensive lineman kind of guy, which is fine because I mean, this is why we have this job is to talk through it, to give opinions. And you're right. They're not all going to be right or wrong, but, Usually one thing I've learned about working with you for almost 20 years, when you believe something, you usually have been pretty spot on with that belief. And and you're right. Maybe Jalen Carter goes on to another team and he's exceptional, but I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. And just because perf- player performs in city X, doesn't mean that they would have done the same thing here. And I, and I'm a firm believer in that, like where I don't think all is equated equally. So, Do I like Jalen Carter? Yeah, but that's based on me watching him in a game where he's holding up uh, maybe it was Bryce Young and then number one in the other hand because that's me. I'm a highlight guy. You know what I mean? I'm not going back unless it's Michigan State to go back and watch plays like that. So that's where I I would trust your opinion, and I feel there's a lot of people here that see highlights, and that's what they go off of, not a complete product. Because at the end of the day, all of these guys, there's how many picks? 270-some-odd picks. They all have great highlight videos. You know what I mean? Like, we can pick and choose that kind of stuff. But it's the total work. And and you're right. I mean, I didn't think of it until you mentioned it. The $28 million. How motivated are you after you get a fat-ass payday, right? It's guaranteed, too.
0: I know it's with guarantees.
1: me. You give me that money, probably not going to try as hard tomorrow at work. I'm just being honest and- with you.
0: And, and truthfully, you know, the, you could say, well, if he, he does some things that violates his contract, he's still getting a signing bonus over $17 million. Yeah, and then you're stuck without that player, too. You're stuck without that player. Uh, you've blown that draft pick. And the other thing, too, is your point's well taken about what team you go to and about, like, hey, you know, it's different here now. But this it's a fragile thing right now. It just started here. Uh, and I've seen it in the past uh, where they've taken players – and how it's hurt, the, you know, the team. Uh, two examples are wide receivers. One of them was Charles Rogers uh, about 20 years ago or whatever now. I, I love Charles Rogers. He was a great guy. Honestly, I know he had problems. But he, if you ever talked to him, you would like him. And I, I'm very saddened by his passing. But, uh, you know, he had issues. And they didn't take Andre Johnson. Things would have been a lot different for the Lions if they took Andre Johnson to pick after, who had all the intangibles in addition to the raw physical skill. The other one was a wide receiver named Mike Williams that they took. You know, a guy shows up. He's number one on Mel Kuiper's board. He drops to 10. Lions, even with uh, Rodgers and uh, Roy Williams and everything, they're saying, oh, man, this guy's going to be the red zone. The guy showed up, like, with a beer gut playing wide receiver. It was (laughs) like 270 pounds, you know. And uh, he lost a little weight and had some success minimal with the Seahawks eventually. But he, it was a terrible pick. The whole attitude thing. I'm old enough to remember the Reggie Rogers thing. He was a first round pick for the Lions, uh, out on uh, Woodward there, where the circle is up in Pontiac. There was an accident; two kids from Waterford were killed, and Reggie Rogers being in the halo. And I remember Sean Rogers, who was a second round pick by Matt Millen, who was a great football player. Oh yeah, and they they got him with uh, you know some kind of ankle injury, but he he just. He couldn't control what he was doing, all right? And he never reached the level that he should have been uh, as a player. And I don't know, there was something missing there. So when you are in that spot, somebody showing up every day, uh, somebody performing, you got to perform at a high level. You get the players that can do that but are there. You know, you don't get the distractions. And what did they not have last year that was unusual for the Lions?
1: Any kind of distractions.
0: Any kind of distraction. You, you think, uh, you know, if, if, look, you think I'm out, Rod St. Brown's going to get in trouble, you know, just looking at him or seeing how he handles? No. <laughs> After seeing his no. no, or Aiden Hutchinson? <laughs> no, not at all, because not all they all. care about is football. And uh, R- Rodrigo? No. None no. of those and guys. None of them. Well, if the, and
1: Pat, if there's one quote, I, I don't know if you have heard it or not, but it's going to stick with me all off season. Michael Brockers was on Good Morning Football. And he's talking about, you know, this upcoming Lions team because everybody is talking about them, whether it's here or national. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but I hope that they're humble and hungry still. Because once you start reading press clippings and stuff, maybe that goes away a little bit. And it made me think because coming out of hard knocks, everybody was really high on the Detroit Lions. And obviously that's based on a TV show making them look good. But how did they start last year, Pat? One and six. Yeah. That's not being humble and hungry. You know what I mean? And now then once once it got settled, they turned the ship around. But I that I guess to bring it back full circle, the reason I bring that up is you don't want a guy that's not humble, not hungry, coming into this locker room right now. And, and not right now. And what I see with Jalen Carter just on the surface, I don't know the young man personally, is maybe he's not those two things.
0: Well, you saw the pro day, right? Did you see that video?
1: I did. And so I have a question about that, and I don't take too much out of it because, in my opinion, with the defensive drills that they do, like going through six different cones like that, can you beat the guy in front of them? I don't know if you need to beat six guys, but can you beat the one? The one question I had, though, was how they said he gained weight, nine pounds, right?
0: Well, the other part was he could only do half the drills. right? Right. This is the pro day, the one time he gets to show it off. He's at the end, he's doing the uh, hey, they're tipping his ankle up because he's got cramps Mm -hmm. and he's you know, way heavy. He's instead of being three technique tackle size at 300, which what he was listed at Georgia, he's 325, he's He's nose tackle size. So that was my, you know, and then you know, it's a little bit, you know, come on, but is there red flags everywhere? Come on, people.
1: But Pat, just to play devil's advocate, is there a chance? And I don't know this answer, you would know better than I. That a team could have told him, We're drafting you in the top
0: five, but we want you heavier. So go to, yeah, you know, go go to the Burger King's before they start closing the franchises in Detroit. I'm just yeah. curious. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, you know, it sounds good, Evan. That's great. I mean, you know what? I might use that as a topic on Saturday or something. Hey, you think he really did that? You know, no, uh, I'm just curious because you know,
1: teams tell players we want you at a certain <laughs> weight or something like that. And maybe. I mean, I don't think and also I don't think his agent Drew Rosenhaus coming out and saying he's only visiting with top ten teams. And if a team calls him and says that they don't even have interest in trading into the top ten, we're not even talking to you. That's stupid, in my opinion.
0: Well, Drew Rosenhaus is, you know, again, he's one of the best. No, he's not. No, yeah, he is. I look, I have a great deal of respect for Drew Rosenhaus, but he's not one of the best agents, honestly. The fact that Carter actually has him as his agent you know, tells me something, too. Now he's a kid from Florida. And Drew Rosenhaus has a big uh, inroads with players uh, down there. Mm -hmm. And I I don't mean to to say this, but if he had an agent like, say, uh, Tom Condon or some of these other agents that you never hear anything about, but they're actually driving everything behind the scene. And I know that uniquely because I actually was a beat writer, and I know where all the information comes from in terms of who's distributed, i can look at and tell you where it came from it comes from agents so the smart agents they don't say anything they don't say anything all right and the only time even drew Rosenhaus would say something if he felt like he had to say it so what he's doing is trying to create a leverage situation which is probably a good thing but sometimes that can backfire because in the at that league i can guarantee you from talking to executives And uh, talking to agents down through the years, that when they saw that, they saw that Drew Rosenhaus said it, there were a lot of rolled eyes there. Like, hey, man, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's even reports now that um, teams have taken them off of their draft board completely.
0: Well, the the Raiders did because the Henry Ruggs thing, you know. it's a. Well, I think that would be a safe bet for them. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, actually, I looked at the latest uh, pro football focus mock draft. They have one every week, and they kind of change it a little bit all the way on. But, you know, I did. I I walk at all the mock drafts, and I enjoy them. And, uh, you know, they had uh, Gonzalez going to them at 7 and Carter going to uh, oh, they had Carter going five to the uh, Seahawks, and the and the Lions taking Wilson. And I and I wanted to address the the Tyree Wilson thing a little bit. Sure, um, I watched two full games of him. All right, uh, one it, that was a uh, it was a neutral game. You know, he didn't have a good game, bad game. Uh, but I wanted to see Bijan Robinson too, so I watched the game against Texas. And uh, in that game, uh, you know, he did okay. Uh, and and the other game I went and I looked at what his best game was statistically, it was against North Carolina state on the road. He has a very good quarterback in, in Leary who, you know, at the time was considered one of the better players and Texas tech's defense played very well in that game. And and so did Tyree Wilson, you know, he split a guy to get a sack. He beat a guy around on a sack, but I don't think what Evan, Evan, when you visualize Tyree Wilson, what do you visualize position wise that he's going to play? What do you, like, you're looking at the Lions and their defensive line. You're sitting up there in the press box, you know, eating your hot dog and, uh, you know, drinking your uh, soda and having that box of popcorn and the Lions logo on it and everything. And you're looking down on the field. You've been there a thousand times. Where do you think he's playing?
1: I would guess he plays that role of, like, where Charles Harris just trying to come off the edge. But not necessarily a DN, but more of a stand-up linebacker type.
0: That's exactly what he is. Um, and then I, I double-checked it because I didn't see him with his hand in the ground. Yeah. Uh, and I, I looked up the the statistics on it: uh, 500 and some uh, uh, snaps uh, over uh, roughly 400 of them at outside linebacker, standing up. Only uh, 60 snaps uh, with his hand on the ground. Uh as a defensive end and a couple where he was inside, like five. Mm -hmm. And he had a couple where actually they had him out on the spot, which I would have loved to have seen, but I didn't see that. Um, he is a stand-up outside edge linebacker, and he's not real good in like pass coverage type of thing, but he's good running downhill, and he's bigger. You know, you look at him, he stands out next to his teammates. You know, because he's tall and he's got long arms and he's an impressive athlete. He's definitely first round draft pick, top 10 pick, maybe that type of thing. But where does he fit the lines? Is he a three technique? No. He's not going to play three technique tackle for you. So, you know, I think most fans, and you're pretty astute in what you said there, are visualizing him as a D-end. Kind of what Kaminsky was playing at the end of last year in that type of situation where you got a nose, you got two stand-up linebackers, right? And mm-hmm. their base defense, which they don't often run it just like that. And then uh two, two, three technique tackles. He's not a three technique, he's an edge. So what about Houston? Where does he fit? You know, is is it, you know, totally drafting for position of need? Is he really the best player there? You're talking about somebody who, you know, didn't dominate in the least. He did not dominate. He was really good in the one game, especially that I saw. He did not dominate. He wasn't a dominant player. This isn't like watching Sue in the Big 12 championship game. Right. One of these players, or watching Hutchinson at times last year. That's my point about it. You know, everybody's kind of infatuated. They need defense line, Yeah, they do. But there's a chance they might get a player a little bit later if they take the best player available at six or a quarterback and they can, you know, get just as good a player perhaps, you know, a little bit later if they, uh, you know, go that direction. So there's a number of three technique tackles. There's a, a lot of edges in this draft. There's a lot of corners. There's a lot of defensive help. Excellent off the ball linebackers. So th- they can address all those things uh, with the picks that they have, and, but they don't have to take Tyree Wilson, you know, out of position of need. He's not a three technique. If they take him, he you know that would make some sense and it would be cool, you know, to have both him and Hutchinson. You got to pick your poison. But they already got an excellent pass rush type of guy for that spot. Yeah, and then. Uh, You look at, uh, you know, uh, a number of different ways to do it. And the other interesting part about this draft, what if Levis and Richardson are their sixth overall? I feel you kind of got to take one. Are they ever going to be in a position to do that? Uh, Now, look, Anthony Richardson's obviously gifted. I've I've told you a thousand times, you know, since we've been evaluating this particular draft, I don't get it about Will Levis. I, I honestly don't.
1: He's a big kid, I'll tell you that much. Watching his pro day, he's, he's well. He's great, man.
0: He's taking pictures of himself, selfies on Instagram. Saying. You know, he's he's ripped, man. But uh, you know, it's not All a right. bodybuilding contest. You know, yeah. I mean, Mike
1: McMahon ripped too, but
0: right. <laughs> so, I I, I,
1: I would I would take one, but I'm also not an NFL GM. I mean, I play one in Madden, but that's about well, it. Well, we play.
0: I play one on the radio like every day, and thank God for everybody uh, that I'm not. But uh, that's the way I look at the Carter thing. And that's the way I look at Ty- Tyree Wilson. You know, and uh, that, you know, the Lions take the best player. And people are mad at me about the whole Christian Gonzalez thing. They, they can't, they won't acknowledge it and all that. And I get that, man. Evan, how many times have I been there before oh. with this? Numerous. And, and I, yeah, numerous. And how many times have I been right? Now, it doesn't mean I'm right here again. I have no idea, I have no inside information. A couple times I did, but I have no idea what they're gonna do there or what they're thinking. I just know that the narrative that's been constant, constant, constant with Lions fans about it. And a lot of my colleagues here at 97 won the ticket when I've heard their shows. And I love them all. I love the Lions fans and I love the the conversation. I, I just don't agree with it. So I'm not gonna change my mind to be you know, super popular. And, uh, if I'm taking an edge or somebody I can do that because you can put Will Anderson anywhere on the field and they're going to have to account for him wherever he goes, you know, you're going to have to account for him. And that corner is an, it's not just a corner. This is not Jeff Okuda. This is somebody who's a lot faster, bigger, and is a freakish athlete. And, uh, he's not even 21 yet. Uh, there's a high probability Jeff Okuda played his best footballs last year at Ohio State. This kid is just starting to scratch the surface, and the the idea that the Lions' secondary set because they signed a couple corners and in a real good safety is not true. No, those guys are signed beyond next year, with the exception, I think, of Walker. And uh, Okuda's probably, he's, you know, I don't know, he's got a salary cap hit that I think is twelfth among corners. That's absurd, and I don't know what the buyout is. I'm getting conflicting if there's any buyout or not there, or dead cap hit. But you know, I, I don't see it. he didn't even play him at the end of last year, Do You remember that? Oh, I he do. He was healthy. He was a healthy scratch, they say in hockey. So uh, you know, it, that's how it's going to kind of play out. But we'll have a number of podcasts before the draft, you know, and uh, I'll do a number of articles on this. We'll also do some baseball stuff as well. Uh, with the Tiger season starting and the minor leagues kicking off. And, right, Bradley uh, Green and
1: Spencer Torkelson are the new and Mano.
0: Yeah, and it's getting near draft season, so to speak. You got the NHL draft coming up this summer, the NBA draft, uh, you know, with the Pistons, and uh, a lot to get into uh, coming up here shortly. So we'll be really uh, hitting the podcast here very hard. And thanks for listening. Busting Balls, by the way, it's about drafts, prospects, and the future. And like Evan always tells me, hey, like our podcast, download yep. it, review uh, sure. it, review it with a positive review, hopefully you liked it, on the uh, Apple iTunes store or uh, Google Play store, odyssey.com, and uh, check us out. We always post it up on our Twitter accounts, Pacaputo98, and the king of the K C, uh, that legendary account of Evan's, and of course... Uh, 971 The Ticket uh, Twitter account and the one The Ticket Facebook page. Yeah, We'll talk to you uh, in a few days, actually. Uh, great. Thanks, Evan. I appreciate it like always, buddy.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.